a spark of intelligence and unique ideas of wanting to rewrite the role of communication in india clearly made her stand out i have seen her building this agency since then on this episode we speak about some entrepreneurial topics like challenges of running a business in the lockdown what was her inspiration to start her agency to begin with what she learns from her clients teams and failures every single day and my favorite What does Raphology say about her leadership style and her willingness to pay the price to stick to her principles? An absolutely right my attempt is to showcase people who make their dreams possible in spite of their imperfections and all the challenges. They keep learning, experimenting and evolving. Akanksha is definitely one of them. She'll join us on the other side of this short break. Stay tuned. Advertising is dead. Yep, you heard me right. Advertising is dead. We're all in the content business now. Let's not call it news, TV, radio, etc., etc. It's all content, and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet. We're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now, but rather the wider stuff about advertising, media, content, and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it. Tune in every Tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising. I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch, and this is my new podcast, Advertising is Dead. Welcome to Absolutely Right, Akanksha. How are you? I'm. I can't believe you're doing this after so long. Hi, Aditi. It's it's been I don't know years, at least a I couple know. of years. But um, I don't think I could be more excited because we've known each other for a while. I and I know we lost touch, but we connected so deeply that I'm very grateful for you to have me on your show. You know, it's like some of those conversations that it doesn't matter where you pick up from and where yeah. you. We just know that you're in that space. I'm so glad you're doing this. <laughs> Definitely. So, please tell me how is uh, quarantine going for you and your business, which is media, PR, content creation. We are seeing that that everything is in a way at a standstill or really, really challenging. And I'm going to speak about your business and the whole journey. But how is it going at this point in time? You know, it's hard. I uh, I won't lace it. Uh, I do think it has its own set of challenges. Um, I really think I've worked harder than I ever have. Even when I started the business, I think was was a notch. I think this is a notch higher. Uh, but um, I think my biggest uh, takeaway from this currently has been gratefulness. So um, I'm very grateful for having work. I'm very grateful for having a team together. I'm very grateful for still having my loved ones. So if I were to count the positives versus the losses, I'm counting the positives a lot more. Um, I do think that a certain part of our business has paused because, as you know, we deal a lot with hospitality, and the industry is suffering greatly. So I do know that that's on a larger pause than we imagined it to be. Uh, but the other part of the business has sustained us. Uh, I think we've learned newer ways of tackle thing uh, to tackle things. I think we've 
onboarded clients that we never thought we would. Uh, we are grappling with things we never thought we would again. And I mean all of this in 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 a very positive way. You know, I mean they're better challenges. Uh, I don't think we have a moment of boredom. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> it's been seven years to the agency, and I think what a lot of people used to say is that they've done it for a while. Mm-hmm. So you know, our attrition rate, at least, you know, is very low. So um, you know, we have people with us for a very long time. So uh, at some point of time, people start saying, "Hey, it's getting boring." You know, I yeah. mean, do I want to do something else? And I really don't think people are complaining about that. <laughs> so uh, no complaints, uh, as I said, and. Um, I think that just just at the start of of quarantine, I think we embarked on this journey together, and we decided all together that we would not complain about it as much, and we would try our best to sort of sort issues the way they came up. So that's kept us on our toes. So रात को चैन भर के सोते हैं, सुबह उठके अच्छे से खाते हैं और काम करते हैं. I I can't agree with you more because in my team we literally have this thing we have been working for fourteen to sixteen hours at times and we are at it so literally like I, my mom feeds me at times and I'm like talking or I run to the kitchen cook and back to working so it's like literally on toes and how you who would have thought that this would be the time when you're working the most you know Aditi I feel like we can create our own mini obstacle races at home. <laughs> टू Uh, even right now, when people ask me my designation, my favorite designation is primary janitor because that's what I am. Uh, more than anything else, you gotta clean it up on your own. You gotta plan it on your own. But um, it just started out from a, a dream to want to change the way PR was perceived in the country. Um, I've worked in a few companies before, and um, I was just generally disillusioned with the way things worked. Um, I found. There to be lesser of a creative outlet for me, and I'm a very creative person. I get bored very easily, so um, hence PR, honestly, because you know it's something new all the time, and yes. it's prospects, and you get to meet new people again. Something I love doing, and um, it started off as chalo kuch naya karte hain to um, you know then sort of built itself into this mammoth that I had no clue it would. Uh, my brother has joined the business four years ago, so okay. he's responsible for a lot of the. Professionalism that's been brought onto the table. So um, it's seven and a half years, thirty people from what started as two people in two thousand thirteen. I think we have somewhere around fifty odd clients on our roster. Uh, we have a pan India operation now. Wow. Uh, we service five uh, cities, um, two continents from from our office in Bandra. Uh, the others is a stringer network. And uh, what started off as a hospitality company. Has diversified into something that takes art, culture, lifestyle, e-commerce, startups, celebrities. So that's the roster. If I may, <laughs> if I may tell you on a personal level, I think um, I think I'm grateful because I work with people who are way more talented than I am. So I work sweet. with people who are way more experienced than I am. So they drive me versus me driving them. It's the absolute opposite. And uh, I, I think uh, I, I think the biggest bit in the seven years has been uh, there hasn't been one day I haven't learned something new. So Hardly. I'm not bored at all. Hardly. So, so that was the first objective. So why the other circle? 
What is the idea of Dada Circle? Let's give you both stories. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's give you both stories. The the um the unofficial story is is that um uh, I, I was freelancing and I was getting a lot of work and uh, at that time it was just like a Kangsha Gupta freelancer, right? Right. And then I hired one more person and I was like, hey, we need to like sort of get like an identity to this. Right. And I was sitting with a bunch of friends at a place called Big Bang Bar and Cafe. Yes. Um, we were a little inebriated, if I may put it that way. And and uh, I was basically complaining uh, at that point saying that, you know, um, I don't think that PR should be done like this and I don't think it should be done like that. And all these people think they want to be a part of all these circles. I don't want to be a part of any circle. I want the other circle. And then my friend said the other circle. Oh, and we wrote it on a piece of tissue paper saying, okay. Let's that do was this. exactly the story of Virgin Airlines, you know, Virgin as a, as a brand. Yeah, they were sitting, bunch of friends talking and that time, you know, it was drug and rock and roll time and they were like scribbling things away and that time one of the friends said virgin why don't we call because we are you know not part of anything and the corporations won't let us in and we're new to the business one person wrote it on the tissue paper and that became the logo till date oh wow so that's a similar story and half okay what is the other one uh, the other one is um, very honestly uh, once we did think about it like the the inebriation came down the next day <laughs> but when we thought about it we realized that we had a very different set of values Mm-hmm. Um, the idea was to bring the human element back into the business as much as possible. Right. And the minute you thought of that, you realize that um, people people set their own limitations, right? And people sort of think about themselves in, in their entirely own way. And yes. uh, we wanted to communicate stories. Like that is why we wanted to do PR in the first place. We wanted to work with people whose stories we wanted to forward as well. And hence, the idea was that they didn't need to belong to anything. They could create something of their own, which is why the other, because other is very powerful um, in our parlance. Hence, the idea of, of TOC now. Everybody calls it TOC. <laughs> I know. But so, so I, I, you know, when I met you for the first time, that time also this stood out very, very strongly. And now when I look at your handwriting, it just confirms that point that I always had. The, the, I wouldn't say impression of you, but that experience and that deep connection that we had in our conversation. I felt you are so not PR person. You're absolutely everything that the PR person generally does not have. You are real. You have, you know, when you have that eye contact, you're really present with the person you want. You're interested. You're genuinely interested. You're not pretending to be interested. You're not uh, looking and fishing for stories. You really want the person to take precedence. And now that you have walked the path and also figured the professional success, what are the challenges while doing that? You know, like I feel people turn into these um, artificial, mannequin kind of personalities because they do not know how to sustain the real personality. So what is your take on that? You know, um, I don't know if I'm the right person to answer that question because um, I have never been able to be anybody except me. What I mean by that is I have never, I have... Uh, Early on, when I started my PR career, and I understand what you mean, um, I put I was put in situations where I needed to be somebody else, and I bowed out of them. Whether they were gratifying for my career, whether they were gratifying for me monetarily, whether they were gratifying for... Firstly, I don't understand this fame conversation, honestly, Aditi, because it's not in me either. So I think maybe that's one reason why I don't need... like. 
Aditi, I genuinely care for you. So for me, I do not, your network is not important for me. I don't approach it from that aspect, nor does my agency. We approach it from your perspective and what we can collaborate to do together. So I think because we've, we've had this collaborative nature early on, uh, we have not felt the need to be anybody else. Um, I, so so that's why I said I may not be able to answer it entirely objectively because I've never been able to be anybody else. Uh, but um, having worked with people where I do understand that they feel that this is like a, it's, it's like a movie, right? Like you you take on a role, you need to be somebody and you need to enact yeah. it for a while. So that happens, uh, definitely. I won't deny that. But I think the conversation around that should be a little more on how do you accept that as a part of you and bring your own flavor to it. So, for example, um, let's say there's a situation where you're with a client and the client's really upset about a certain thing. And let's assume you're not a generally calm person. Hmm. You're bringing a calmness to the table, which is also like sort of like a mask you're wearing, right. or sort of like a personality aspect that you're di- diving deep into. Right. The minute you're able to connect to that, uh, it's not a mask anymore. It's just an aspect of your personality you hadn't gotten into. Right. So the minute we sort of started twisting that and realizing that, hey, our personalities are not boxed, uh, we could be different sets of things, which is why, again, the other circle, which is why the kind of talent we represent uh, as well. And I mean, talent both in-house as in the people we work with and, and people that we that are our clients as well. So um, that's why that, that journey has been a little different compared to uh, everybody else who would answer that question probably. Uh, the second bit is... Um, I think that because our premise and our vision was always very clear to not want to put ourselves to do that, mm-hmm. uh, I think we're okay. It's been harder, Aditi. Uh, yeah, I was about to ask you that. Like, isn't it like tougher than anything yes. else? And even in that yes. context to grow because people also expect their PR to behave in a certain manner. So, yes. So, um, honestly, curiosity has helped. So when people have expected us to behave in a certain manner, we've just gone and asked, hey, but why? Like, what, what does that give you? So, um, for example, I remember uh, this one time we were pitching to, again, a restaurant client who told us that they're basically deliberating between us and another agency. And that agency obviously comes from a little bit of like a very social circle backing. And maybe that's their call to uh, action, you know. And uh, we just asked them what that gave them in turn. Um, and we understood their asks. And we said, okay, this is this works for us. This doesn't work for us. We can contribute here versus we can contribute there. Um, and we've been working with them for five years now. So, wow. uh, so, so I think we just realized that we don't try to be anything we're not. And we communicate what we're not more vehemently than we communicate what we are. Uh, the reason is that you can see our body of work and make a decision yourself. But you don't right. know what we are and that's something you should ask. Right. So we tackled that question that way. And where we failed, Naditi, we've understood that we've failed. Uh, we've taken it uh, headstrong. We've made our notes. We've understood where uh, we haven't done well. Uh, we've cried a few bitter tears over it as well. Uh, but we've moved on. So moved on, honestly, from it. So how many women uh, are part of your team? Like, is oh, it wow. more women-predominated culture or how is it? Um, 27 women. <laughs> uh, 25 women, sorry. 25 women, uh, 5 men. So definitely more women dominated. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it, it started off like that. As well. Remember, Aditi we used to have such conversations about women empowerment and, yes. and how we wanted to bring that about. So uh, we're still more women uh, uh, sort of predominant uh, than oh, women. Nice. Uh, and I think we may end up being that way. But um, honestly, whatever life throws. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that this has shaped up the way it did. 
Now, you know, I was listening to one of your interviews and you spoke about how uh, being really comfortable in your shoes and working uh, from your preference and your style is way more important than following certain rules. And you come across as a very humble person, even as a boss, even when you're like, you're not bossing around, you're like, you know, very, very clear, but at the same time, also very demanding. You're not compromising on quality. You're not, and I'm also saying that looking at your handwriting. So I have that add on uh, benefit to confirm, but how, how does that go? Like, you know, I've, I've heard this, that dealing with women or working, leading a team predominated by women is not the easiest thing to do because of the sense of natural sense of competition and their personal and career priorities. So what is your take on that? You know, um, being a woman boss is harder, but not for the reasons media or people talk about. When you look at a woman boss or a woman leader, just a woman in a certain position of decision-making or power, you realize that you bring a lot of baggage to that conversation. Okay. Uh, you've seen your mom, you've seen your mom as a woman who's been like sort of like a steadfast, uh, you know, uh, um, influencer in your life. Uh, you're, you're used to being an ideal daughter. You, you're, you're supposed to be a multitasker. Um, so what happens is like uh, inevitably, uh, a woman is supposed to be all that and a lot more. So my first encouragement to all my colleagues or any other women entrepreneur I meet is we really need to stop being women entrepreneurs and be entrepreneurs, right? Like there is, well no, well there is no difference. We so are who we are. We don't need to bring, we don't need to bring that here. They don't need to bring that here. Right. That's the only way this level playing ground. But we must begin the process. We must they, They'll the keep bringing it, but we don't bring that Absolutely. as a card. Absolutely. Well and honestly, um, the, the, the humility aspect of it, um, I, I think it's because I have very different ambitions. Um, even right now, Aditi, when we started this entire process, when I'm speaking with you, um, Sili has, uh, Sili who's, who's been our coordinator, uh, and, and one of my stars in the team. I would rather have Sili here. I would rather have Isha here. I would rather have Anurag here than me because I am what I call a Majdur Admi. Like I like doing my work and going back home. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I've been given this role, so I must fulfill it to the best of my ability. So um, I think the minute you realize that you're a culmination of what a lot of people have taught you, there is no other way to be. Um, also, I'll be honest, every time I thought I was flying too high, um, I, I, I've managed to build the one thing I've done well, uh, which is the one thing I will take credit for, is I've padded myself around with people who are very real, who are people who give it to me straight. So if they think I'm doing something incorrectly, if they think that I'm doing something that shouldn't be done in a certain way, uh, they manage to give me absolute great feedback. Uh, I've learned to take feedback over the years. Uh, I wasn't very good at taking it in the beginning. Uh, I've learned it over the years. Uh, I, I've learned it from the entrepreneurs I've met. I've learned it from my team. And because of that, uh, it, it just it leaves, it reduces room for error. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I think uh, I'm the first person to apologize when I make a mistake because I make so many of them that I just think that it's easier to sort of um, work with somebody uh, through it, then work against it. Like, why move against the current when it can move in your direction? Right. So, um, hence, there's no other way to be. So, the minute you make these, they're very small changes. They don't seem like big things, but um, it's almost been 10 years in PR for me. And I'm one of those people who hasn't, like, I don't complain about the fact that a journalist spoke to me badly, or I don't complain about the fact that a, that, that a client has deeper asks because mm-hmm. I understand it's a deeper question. And the minute you the minute that criticism doesn't shake you, and as I said, you approach it with curiosity. Mm-hmm. And as an entrepreneur, and not a woman or a male entrepreneur, 
it's 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 like a problem like you have a problem and you need to find a solution so what's the point of getting upset about it you know i feel if the very moment we start considering businesses as different entities or like you know partners then i always feel this okay probably it's my thing but i feel business will tell you what is your next learning curve absolutely it would really and it may come across as a complaint it may come across as you know a conflict or a loss uh in some sort but it will always tell you that this is what my next ask is this is what i want to grow in that direction either you take it or not so very beautifully put that way very very nice so question to you what would you like me to talk about looking at your writing wow um just give it to me straight uh so, so ask question whatever is like bothering you something that you would like to explore anything open conversation Okay great. Um I think I struggle with um I, I I think I'm just generally a very fast person. So uh, I I like things done quickly. And I think sometimes I struggle with that. Uh you know for example sort of um or for, for that matter I struggle with uh, explaining my pace to people so maybe is that something you could help me understand better an aspect of my personality or whatever you think I need to improve. So so first when you say I'm a fast person Now it's, it's, I'm going to break that comment into a few parts. So you're extremely process-oriented and research-oriented person. So people do not understand that when you're talking about one step that they must take, it comes from all that research, study, conversation, you know, learning from the experts. So you wouldn't say it for the heck of it. Now, when you say it, it has all that uh, weightage which you bring to the table, and you say only one thing. so people think they can dismiss it deny it but you don't agree with it and it may come across as a stubborn person but you are a firm person so stubbornness is about me being right because i am saying it whereas firmness is about this is the thing we require to do so you are very very firm like that now why people don't get it is because fundamentally uh, you do not feel the need to explain the whole thing and you're no. giving them the end result and this is where the confusion is so sometimes taking out time to explain why are you saying whatever you're t- saying and that may slow down you initially but it would help eventually because they will know why these processes are so important because you you might have seen this you ask them something and they move forward with you and then they resist and then they want to like hold back and then you have to probably nudge them a bit or resolve that conflict and move forward now you will save that time if you take a little more time to explain when the very moment you observe their sense of resistance and you're sure. highly observant so i can totally give that to you as a as an observation space another thing why people uh, are slower than you are because your goals are humongous sure you really really want to achieve so much and you believe uh, that you are working from servitude and i'm i'm agreeing with you because you your learning curve is very very high most of the time when when and i've seen this with leaders you know i feel this is one of the most important qualities that great leaders have exhibited over the years and i'm saying that from handwriting because i really keep studying and researching on this topic is their learnability like people who are willing to learn people who are willing to drop their preconceived ideas even if they were positive ideas and even if the results were amazing when they implemented it those who are willing to question what worked and what is not working both with equal authenticity really went ahead and really made those you know leaps in their career now in your case you are really really willing to do that but people are not got it so when you think i'm fast you're fast on your toes to change things 
But for people, when you're trying to change it and you move forward and you do everything required, for them, they're holding on to their references. So understand that they build their comfort zone on their references and you do not. But you have your research to move to the next level. So when you make that change, they have no reference to, to build it, to hold on to something. So they feel completely lost. And that's why you come across as a super fast person compared to where they are going. I also have a feeling uh, that you are cultivating a team of people who are process oriented. So, you know, so that you can really go and make these leaps so that they are following the process. Now they will be slower in that case. Sure. They won't jump. And that is in a way a good thing because I feel you get to do the exploration and then you come back with your new learnings and then they join in and collectively you all build processes. But if you change that and if you have a lot of explorers, it will make your processes faster. Okay. But I understand that as a company, you're trying to cultivate a machine and not necessarily achievers independently. So I, I get what you're saying. So, um, Tell me uh, about um, maybe something that is uh, that could be built on as a legacy. Uh, I'll tell you what I, where this question comes from. So um, our company got selected by Goldman Sachs for their 10,000 women program. Wow. So, uh, so we were put through this rigorous three-month course where we were basically taught expansion. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this very interesting class by this professor called Ramya, who I love. Mm-hmm. And um, so she basically asked a bunch of people, uh, how many of you would like to sort of whatever business. And they're different, right? Like there was media and there was somebody who was making soaps and somebody who had engineering or, or different sets wow. of businesses, okay. right? And um, they said that, okay, how many of you want to sell your business, you know, in the next five years? And suppose you could make like, I don't know, $300 million. And um, there were only three people who didn't raise their hands, one of whom was me. Okay. Uh, So then they basically singled out the three of us and they asked us, you know, why wouldn't you want to sell your business? And uh, I don't think I'm doing this business just for the money. Uh, I I definitely need a livelihood. And I think everybody who works with us needs a livelihood. And my ambitions are high. So I do want to live well as well. Uh, But I do want to leave behind a legacy, right? Um, I want this company to be something that we can pass on to maybe to my family, to our children. If not, then to somebody worthwhile who can then, it's, 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 it's a, I hate the word movement, hmm. but um, it's something I want to be able to change the world in its own little way. Uh, it's our dent on the universe. So um, what do you think that is? Like, what do you think we could take forward as? I get the business aspect of it. Uh, I'm, I'm damn sure that we'll build that. And also it's an evolving process. Right. But uh, from whatever you see, what do you think is sort of like maybe the softer aspect? So I feel, you know, people who have chosen unkind ways of building businesses and, you know, artificial and... Uh, in a way against humanity ways have been so dedicated and meticulous and committed to move forward. It's time that people who believe in humanity and kindness must learn that way. We have to be way more dedicated to the process also because I totally agree. Like if you really want to change the way PR is done and if you really want uh, great stories and amazing human beings to be showcased for their talent and their, you know, the actual strength that they have, then you have to make a lot of changes. To do all of it in your personality, when I look at it, the tremendous amount of willpower and also the the way you you own up to everything, not only your mistakes, but every single thing that you have picked up, you are responsible to deliver it. And you have paid very, very high cost. We haven't spoken about it, but personally, emotionally, financially, you have paid like a lot of price to make sure that you stick to this. 
and uh, i feel the calmness that you operate from comes from that perspective because you are not scared to pay the price which i feel is amazing like most of the time the fear and anxiety comes not because of the problems we are facing but because we are unwilling to pay the price to walk away from the situation and you have done that so kudos to that that's really really amazing keep that Thanks. one aspect intact okay i'm saying this uh, i'm singling this one area because i know how tough it is and you know being a business owner myself i know how much it takes to say no to things that look lucrative and you know you really really want to jump so great work on that the challenge i would say there are two aspects that stand out one you take unnecessary responsibilities of others on your head a lot okay so you don't realize it that is your way of nurturing and taking care of it but that one aspect has been exhausting you especially in last i think one year or so not right now i'm not talking about the lockdown in generally in the last one year you are kind of feeling tired by it. the amount of enthusiasm and clarity that you operated from this one aspect is is overpowering it so look into it second thing i feel uh, is the need habit or challenge of overthinking sure so when you jump into something that you get so committed to it you also get consumed by it i do definitely and overthinking is a lot to do with imagination and imagining what can go wrong and and all possible uh, challenges and you know people who are empathetic also struggle with it because they are constantly looking at things from other people's perspective so they are looking at the situations so what would a b c d all parties would think about it but this has become a habit now if you don't have to do it you don't require to do it you still do it because it has become a habit of processing the information so i feel that is another area where you have to kind of keep an eye got it i think that's aditi i mean so well put in if i may um uh, i think you've just made me feel so positive about my own challenges like you've empowered me to feel like i can overcome them so thank you i think that's very beautiful No, but that's true. Like I feel the way you're you're dealing with it. See, one of the things I I really feel, even after talking to you today, especially, uh, is your sense of awareness. You keep taking score with yourself, not with other things, and not necessarily with professional growth, but with yourself. And that is the reason uh, why you are so fast and not slow. People okay. think if I do this, I will become slower. If I kind of keep checking with you know myself, and I would not. I mold myself into somebody I become then I will become outdated that is the general notion and that's exactly where we are walking down the the challenge of mental illness because we are not allowing the actual personality to shine we are constantly trying to label it and show showcase something on on social media so all of that is kind of you know constantly there is this gap between who we are and what's the discrepancy and who we want to become or who we are showcasing that we are and that gap for you is uncomfortable so you constantly come back and keep taking scores of who you are and who do i want to do and and i i think that's amazing and i want to specifically talk about this topic even for our sure. listeners because this is a great healthy habit so if you are more consistent with your inner dialogue and if you know that i do it because it means something to me it may take time and it may be slower but but eventually you will see the growth that other people cannot even imagine seeing so inshallah <laughs> so uh, tell me one of your challenges where you thought you struggled or something that that 
was really really tough and what exactly did you do to overcome it or resolve it okay um i think um that if i may put it that way i think you know how um i understood that people call something 1.0 and 2.0 exactly. i understood that like upfront uh, because um when the agency expanded from i think 15 people to 20 people it's just an addition of five no. but the options are are significantly different yeah. and i think what happened was um it was genuinely toc like o to toc 1.0 or toc 1.0 2.0 because uh, i feel uh, uh, we had to leave behind a lot so uh, you know actually there's this book that we had a good fortune of being pr for called how how women rise by marshall goldsmith and sally helkison right and um i i think i read that book later than this transition happened uh, mm-hmm. so that book puts it a lot more articulately than i ever could where it says that what got you here cannot get you there and i've done my my certification in marshall goldsmith's executive coaching oh, nice. and i i vouch by that book i totally totally agree so i think from 15 to 20 was really hard because uh, we were doing well which is why we could do 15 to 20 people right but um somehow when we got newer blood in because i felt that we had a lot of old ideas we needed somebody to sort of shake the scales up a little right we just couldn't get two of them to marry and we were we were doing it correctly by the book which meant we were mm-hmm. sitting down and doing the right kind of brainstorms and solving people issues and putting people together for a learning curve with clients and communicating to clients 3 months earlier saying your point of contact will change we were doing things correct but we were just not moving and mm-hmm. it was like a constant struggle daily and um i think at that time we uh, we struggled a lot with with, with mm-hmm. how to take those executive calls and decisions and that's when i made my brother my boss okay. um i realized that i was the problem in the equation because i kept sticking to a certain way of a thought process of living and the other lesson i learned at that point of time uh, which is a lesson i've really learned during quarantine honestly is um mm-hmm. Uh, i was shielding a lot of people like you like you earlier mentioned as well from a lot of negative feedback uh, mm-hmm. so i started the company by throwing people in the deep blue sea saying you need to learn to swim at some point of time i i transformed that into okay i must protect from this but allow this and i wasn't allowing either the 1.0s to jump into the deep sea with the 2.0s or the 2.0s to be able to bring a new set of arms to the 1.0 Mm-hmm. So um I was being the deterrent because I was being the mediator so I stepped out from the equation myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most agonizing 6 months of my life I can imagine when I could not micromanage and I could not control. Uh but uh, it took time also Aditi because nothing happens as soon as yesterday and um there is no overnight success and it looks like mm-hmm. it very nicely when we do press around it but it really isn't. Oh, yeah. Um and uh, that's when I learned that sometimes it's better to step out from it. Uh, and and, I, and my brother was was the solution aditi like mm-hmm. he was the one he brought his own sense of and he's from a non pr background so okay. imagine a person like that being able to bring fresh eyes uh, you know those those two set of people and i was always um, afraid of a clash and mm-hmm. the clashes happened every day but then it became smoother and then it became smoother and finally the ball started to shine So um I think that has been my biggest learning and and it's a similar thing like even during quarantine now Yeah I'd like to ask you what is the correlation and how how do you apply yeah. the same rules Yeah so so the first thing we realized during quarantine was that we are not going to be an agency that's going to ask somebody to sit in front of a laptop like sign in at 10 o'clock and sign out at 7 mm-hmm. uh because there are different challenges when you're out of home in a work atmosphere it's a, you you have that ability so we would need to build trust 
And the minute you need to build trust, trust evolves. Uh, it changes. So, um, you know, this entire need for me to control, like, like this entire mm-hmm. need for me to know what people are doing at each point of time, sure. uh, had to shift very rapidly. Uh, so it became a space where we started doing morning calls. Like we would sign up for the first month and a half. We would we created a training schedule where we needed people to sign in at 10 a.m. and sort of give a feedback at 6.37. So we knew that they were at least tuned into work in that right. sense. Uh, again, the first month and a half worked very well because it worked as for my brain uh, and as for my willingness. Um, but then I realized that I was again being counterproductive, uh, that my way of things were probably not working with everybody else. And that happened because we started taking a stock on people's challenges. So mm-hmm. what do you need to accomplish in a day? Do you need to cook? Do you need to clean? Do you need to be there for a parent? Uh, you know, do you need to walk the dog? Right, yeah. uh, what are your challenges? Because they're different now. You, mm-hmm. you had somebody else doing it and now you're sort of cooped into this one space. And that's when I realized that I would again not be the right person to make that decision. So we literally mm-hmm. switched the entire company around. So now, even though the during fight, this period, during this period, wow. so uh, now I don't look at operations. Uh, my my jobs are different. Operations mm-hmm. are looked after with by Alita. We have a separate team that manages, um, you know, the training aspect of it, the, t- the the signing in and signing out aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another separate team that's doing BD. We have a separate team that's now writing content because we also let go of all content writers. We had to let go of a lot of external atmospheres. We had to let go of an external tracker. So everything started happening in-house. And um, I I just decided to be an intern. So I just said, I will learn. You guys tell me what needs to be done and I will do it. So I am the content writer in house, me and Akshita. So the minute we change roles again, it it sort of works itself out. (laughs) So I think the whole idea of learning to be interns again and again in different walks of our lives is is one of the biggest key areas here. And no doubt that, that, you know, the point I said last one year has been the space where you've been questioning and it is kind of so beautiful. Like, you know, sometimes handwriting says something and I do not even know what is the story behind it. But when you hear the story, it just colors the entire blueprint so beautifully. I'm, I'm so excited. So the last question for you. What would be that one mantra, one rule, one quote? You know, anything, you know, sometimes we have one thing that we we vouch by, we really, really use as our go-to. What is yours? Mm, there are a bunch, but I'm going to try and choose one. Okay, you can say two, three. That's okay. okay. <laughs> I think one is, uh, one is um, uh, actually put forth by a lady called Banshikar Goenka, who runs a, a community called Pulkanya. It okay. says, uh, fail forward and fail fast. So the learning curve is better. Uh, You're tackling it headstrong. So uh, that's the learning I've had with her. That's actually become one of the pillar and the cornerstones of our company. So we look forward to um, failing forward and failing fast. Um, The second bit is, I think, um, we don't take anything too seriously ourselves together and included. Uh, That's very important because, uh, again, in my profession, you become so obsessed with who you are or how you're perceived beyond a point. Because that's what you do day and night for a living. That you sort of, you try and hold on to it really tight. But it's like sand, you know. Um, I mean, it's going to fall through the cracks. So don't hold anything too seriously, including your own self. I think that's... Especially your own self. Especially your own self. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly is, um, I think the minute you're willing to learn... Uh, everything sorts itself out. So I think for me, the minute you put yourself as a student in any situation, even the most uncomfortable ones, uh, I think uh, that's just managed to keep it all together for me. 
so it takes a little bit of the pressure off it requires you not to know everything it allows you to again make a few mistakes because you're a student and you're bound to do that and uh, i think as long as you keep that as a cornerstone that actually the center of everything it works itself out again so it's so nice like you know it's all about uh, when you say failing forward learning and you know being willing to to really put yourself through this process all of it comes down to fundamentally going back to what you began the conversation with where like if i want to learn if i want to grow if i want to build this other circle then i want to make sure that i do everything it takes and i don't have me or anyone else or anything else standing in the way and absolutely so i'm as indispensable as anything else the the cause is bigger so <laughs> so so nice i'm i'm so happy and it, some parts of our conversations were so inspiring you know like as a woman as as an entrepreneur or also i think as a person like every time you look at external scenarios and we are trying to hold on to our old ideas and here you are throwing everything required out of the window and like i'm going to do what it takes so all the best thank I you the other circle grows and becomes thank the so main much. circle where everybody wants to be part of it they're like oh i have to be the authentic self to be part of this team so Thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for celebrating people way more than how we understand it. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having me here. Thanks so much. Many of you kept asking me if I teach graphology. I actually did not, but after receiving so many requests in this lockdown, we have finally launched our very first graphology online course. You can participate by applying for it on my website aditisurana.com. I have been on an everlasting quest to understand who and what defines our identity and how that shapes us in our decision making in every walk of life. Graphology allows me to look beyond the obvious. It taught me instead of concluding, I must ask questions. Instead of saying, how could you think this way? I learned to ask, how did you come to think this way? What was your perspective? What is your story behind this behavior? This fascinating study of understanding handwriting allowed me to understand my loved ones, work colleagues, clients and their behavior from their perspective. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Absolutely Right. I'm keen to know what were your takeaways from this conversation with Akanksha. What small action will you be taking today to improve something in your life? Do share your experience and send your questions to me on my Instagram handle at @adithisurana. If you like this podcast then don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. Let's connect on Friday. Till then, happy writing. I hope you enjoyed that show. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Paytm Money and Intel. So, been a really exciting week on the network this week. We've had some really cool stuff. My old friend Vivek Lad was on Storytellers and Storytellers. Definitely do check that out. On Saturday said we had Ashwin Sanghi on Thursday's episode and Saturday myself did a cockamble just the two of us. That was fun as well on Monday. Do check that out. Masaba was on Advertising is Dead, which was another really really strong episode from Varun. And on the sports front, both edges and sledges, football, football had some really fun episodes. That's the football twaddle. Do check those out as well. 
And if you haven't been paying attention and you haven't been listening to Smile India in these times, I don't know why you aren't. It's the most uplifting show that you could listen to. It's a short, bite-sized piece of really positive things that happen in India. Do definitely check that out. And with that, we hope to see you again next week. Hi, my name is Anupam Gupta. I'm B50 on Twitter. I am the host of Pesa Pesa, the show that talks money. On my show, I speak to experts from every field of money and finance, from stock markets, equities, debt funds, credit cards, life insurance, every possible area of money and finance that you can think of. We even did an episode on cryptocurrency. I've got fantastic guests from mutual funds to personal finance experts everywhere. Robo advisory startups, just name it, we've got it. At Pesa Pesa, we help you make smart decisions about money. You work hard for money. Now make your money work hard for you. New episodes out every Monday and you can listen to my show on the IVM podcast app or any other podcasting app that you have. Pesa Vesa is brought to you by Paytm Money.